I was conditioned to believe that any boundary I wanted was a betrayal of her, so I stayed silent, cooperative. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks with guests and returning contributors. The quote that you heard at the start of this episode was that by Jeanette McCurdy from I'm Glad My Mom Died. And every time I either say this title or read it, I do have to let it digest for a second. Uh, but, you know, I'm almost near the end of this book and I will shout it out to be one of the most candid nonfiction memoir, autobiography, journal, whatever you want to call it, uh, books that I've read in a very long time. Absolutely ripping a band-aid and um, this is also the book of the month for the Kelly and Romeo book club so there's a lot to digest and to unpack with this one which we will do further on at the end of the book and at the end of the month I mean and Nisreen Abdel-Majid our technical producer for this show was the one who recommended uh, this read and I don't know how far along she is but It's a good one, so get on it. Uh, Jeanette McCurdy, of course, is the co-star on iCarly, playing Sam, and she was also the star of Sam and Cat. So, there you go. Or is it Cat and Sam? Anyways, I think it's Sam and Cat. Let's get into (laughs) today's episode, starting with the Sela homepage. Taking a glance at the featured titles, right at the top of this homepage, celalibrary.ca, Into the Broken Lands by Tanya Huff. This is a fantasy title, which we will get into a little later on in the episode. Spare by the Duke of Sussex. Uh, Prince Harry is a memoir, and that's also up there. And the last one, Poster Girl by Veronica Roth. And this is a science fiction. On today's episode, we are hitting Know Your Narrator with Sarah Hillis, and she's featuring Robin Miles. Robin is a narrator with a passion for reading as well as voicing and training others to voice. So a lot of that mentorship going on, we're going to know her work a little bit more. And like I said, we're hitting pause or play on Into the Broken Lands. This is AMI Audiobook Review. You're tuned into AMI Audiobook Review, the AMI Audio podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. This is your weekly episode, and we're going to get it into Know Your Narrator, but before we do that, let's bring back pause or play. How exciting. We've glanced over a couple books from the CELA section of featured titles at celalibrary.ca, and we're going to hit pause or play on one of these listens. Would you listen? Would you not? Let's find out. So starting with the synopsis of Into the Broken Lands by Tanya Huff. This is a fantasy title. Let's get into it. From sci-fi and fantasy master Tanya Huff comes a new epic fantasy saga set in a land of dangers and mysteries. Shattered by a mage wars, the Broken Lands will test the bonds of family and friendship, strength and sanity. To save their people, the heirs of Marson have no choice but to enter trusting their lives and the lives of everything they protect to someone who shouldn't exist who can't be controlled, and who will challenge everything they believe about themselves. That's it. What 
a generic synopsis. That's my first impression. <laughs> Let's go around the table. Nisreen, <laughs> would you press pause or play on this fantasy? Um, I would press play, but I would have a lot of questions on it. With all those questions, which is literally everything, like who, what, when, where, yeah. why, uh, you would still press play. I, I would still press play, just a possibility. Okay. I'm, I'm a bit more curious. Uh, there's, again, there's so many questions uh, unanswered here, but uh, mm-hmm. let's give it a chance. Wow, she is adventurous, folks. And <laughs> Sarah, how about you? Pause or play on the fantasy title. I think I would play it. I think that actually uh, you, you say it's a general synopsis and yeah, but it's it's a great synopsis because it makes you want to know what mm-hmm. is going to happen, right? What this What's this book about? And that's what a synopsis should do. It shouldn't be like, well, here's everything that's going on in the book. You know, it should, it should, let right. you, it should, it should open the door for you. And so I would press play. Okay. I mean, I think you guys are being um, very adventurous because for me, I totally agree. A synopsis should not tell you everything about the book, but definitely a bit more than what I've gotten here, at least for my preference, because there are synopses that after I read, I'm like, well, what's the point of the book now? (laughs) And then put it away. So, huh, okay. Well, I'm curious um, if other people would press play. And now, of course, it is getting some traction. That's why it's up there on the three feature titles on Sila. Into the Broken Lands by Tanya Huff, fantasy title celalibrary.ca if you want to get it in human narration. Once a month, Sarah Hillis features a notable narrator in the world of audiobooks. We call it Know Your Narrator, and we shout out the voices behind our favorite listens, and it's fascinating to get to know their lives, their backgrounds of these individuals. So we bring on Sarah Hillis. Now, Sarah, today's feature is Robin Miles. So who is this, and where do they begin? Robin Miles is a really awesome narrator. She um, she has this awesome musicality to her voice that that works in many different situations. She can adapt her voice to many different situations, which you should be able to do as an audiobook narrator. Um, she's narrated fiction, nonfiction, fantasy, sci-fi, horror, like anything mm. you could almost imagine. Um, she grew up in Madawan, New Jersey, uh, in a in a in a neighborhood full of um, first generation immigrants, and so she heard a lot of different accents, and and she hung out with the adults a lot. She was a she was one of those kids like me who who preferred listening to the adult conversations and soaking them up and stuff, and and so she 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 got to know many different people from many different parts of the world early on. Her own. Uh, grandfather on her mother's side was a Jamaican um, professor of Victorian literature so she didn't read kids books when she was a kid she read like really weird Victorian novels that he would that he would give her and and so she 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 grew up uh, you know looking at books in a bit of a different way than some of us might no kidding. Um, but uh, so she learned a lot about accents and she really learned to celebrate the diversity that exists in the world um at through through accent i guess mm-hmm. and she she was she started off dancing she was in west side story when she was a teenager uh this kind of stuff um but she really decided that she loved drama more than musical theater and so she went to yale um for theater and then the yale school of drama for for a more detailed master's degree in 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 uh, in theater arts or whatever um 
Um, then she moved to New York to kind of establish herself as an actor. She played on Law and Order, things like that, you know, you know, one-off kind of performances, that kind of stuff. And one day while she was um, walking out of a hair salon, having got her hair done, she saw an, um, a sign for the Lighthouse for the Blind, and she... They were looking for narrators, and she kind of thought, well, that's interesting. I'm, I'm looking for something to do that sort of volunteer, you know, community work. And so she actually was rejected the first time she uh, she <laughs> she went there. But oh. eventually she got in, and she began her uh, narration uh, with, with the uh, American Foundation for the Blind and the National Library Services for the Blind. So she was doing talking books, like as her first gig, right? Because I'm sure that's what it was called. Yeah, as her first, yeah. like, um, narration gig, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> That's quite and, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and and then uh, that led to uh, auditioning for Recorded Books, which was one of the first uh, commercial recorded recording uh, audiobook companies in, in, uh, in the States. Um, so this was in the mid-'90s. She mm-hmm. was mentored very strongly by a really cool narrator that I like too, called Suzanne Torin, and she she did volunteer narration as well as commercial narration. Um, and I think she might still be narrating, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. And uh, so she she got her start that way. One thing she did say, Robin did say, was that uh, in the beginning, it was very ethnically segregated. Like if if you were if you were black, you should read books by black authors. If you were Jewish, you should read Jew- Jewish books. I guess they were thinking of trying to go authentic. Yeah. You know, but 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 at the same time, actors are actors, she would say. And if an actor, and it's a voice thing, it's not visual. So um, you don't have to, you know, it's not a, like you're putting on blackface, for example, mm. if you're if you're white. But if you can do a really good accent you need for the book, then you should be allowed to do it, whatever you know, because it's a voice, it's voice work, right? Do you find that that kind of thing still exists? I, I think of, you know, representation in one way um, yeah. and how now we're definitely recognizing the authenticity behind the representation. Um, but it, it, yeah, it is another angle to say like actors are actors. Voice work is good if you can do it. And she seems to, going back to the accents thing, still do her due diligence, No. Oh yeah, she absolutely isn't gonna present something that isn't as authentic as she can make it. So, um, but she thinks this this idea is is sort of loosening up now, um, as as you know, people are able to do what you know what they're good at doing rather than what their <laughs> like heritage might suggest they should do kind right. of thing. Um, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a specific uh, story. So, how? Uh, has she taken on accents? Because I think this is a big part of her narration style. Yeah, I mean, she grew up, um, as I say, listening to tons of different accents around the world. She And she has um, learned about accents via her theater studies and, uh, you know, like just studying... Listen, she just listens to accents all the time uh, online or in, in the street or, or whatever she... she she makes a study of it just throughout her life. Um, certainly for audiobooks, she's prepared certain accents for certain books really, really well. Um, for a book like uh, The City We Became by N.K. Jemison, which is part of the Great Cities series, New York 
becomes a conscious city and it has these avatars of the different boroughs and their people. They're just mm. ordinary people that become avatars for these boroughs. And she had to like travel. So she decided to travel around New York to the sort of non-touristy parts, you know, as well, and listen to people talk so she could kind of get the sort of most typical accents for each of the five boroughs of New York City and try to make that work, you know, for, for the audio. Yeah. I'm always curious about accents. Um, like, I've tried my own accents here and there, you know, for fun. Even around AMI Audio, there's some projects floating around with some of my uh, British accent attempts. But it's like, you have to really own it, right? Like, you really have to do well at it, or else it just doesn't sound great. And I think that that's a timeless thing to say, Um and especially if you're talking dialects of potentially the same accent, but, you know, around a city, it's sounding different or around a state even sounding different. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she she's a big um, proponent of keep people keeping their regional accent and not just sort of losing it because, you know, they've gotten to academia or some right. some highbrow thing, you know, like like. Like she thinks it would be great to have more working cl- what you, what you would think of as working class accents in the halls of academia, for example. She she yeah. <laughs> she thinks that would be great, and of course that comes back into the character building and all this other stuff, right? Which she studies before going in. Oh yeah, she absolutely. Um, you know she she um, she often uses people that she knows as bases for her characters um, and. Uh, that kind of thing and also she uh, she feels that the accent is a way into the character in some books right so uh, she really gets to know it and uh, yeah okay well talk about the books because I mean you've said that uh, she's done over 300 books thus far what about the kind of books she reads so nonfiction versus fiction or you know does she approach things differently yeah um uh, so for her fiction reading which she reads any like She's read a whole bunch of different sorts, as I've said, like fantasy, sci-fi, horror, um, straight fiction, um, storytelling, that kind of thing. Um, she basically believes in in bringing out the author's um, words, like embodying the, 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 the author's voice and the character's voices as much as she can. So she can bring mm-hmm. a, an authenticity of storytelling. She believes that storytelling is... Um, a really core part of being human. She believes that that audiobooks can bring back what she calls the emotional intelligence of storytelling. And she's an avid audiobook listener, unlike a lot of the other narrators we've heard. Uh. She, she loves audiobooks. She thinks they're great. Uh, she supports the industry. Uh, for nonfiction, though, she's very much um, just trying to let the author speak through through her voice like she's she's not trying to shape it she's just trying to let you hear what the author is trying to do with the tone of of how they're presenting the words because it's not it's nonfiction. so um her job is to just support to, to be a bit of a support to the author as opposed to sort of manifesting or embodying the book uh in 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 audio form as in fiction so does that not remind you like the way she's kind of talking about nonfiction? Does that not remind you of um, things that you hear from audio describers, right? Narrators of audio description who say, like, I kind of, it's not about me. It's, I'm in the background and I'm helping you understand the story, but I'm not going to put myself in as a character. Or at least these are some of the conversations that I've had where um, people do, 
the most you know they they add in the drama they actually try to stay away from that and be as neutral as possible or at least when they're conveying emotion it's the emotion that's already in the scene and not something that they're trying to dramatize out to the audience yeah yeah i've i've heard audio describers say that too and and yeah i think i think that's exactly it she she has often read uh books about um racism uh and systemic racism and things in in the United States, um, and she likes to read them. But there are times when it, it just really gets under her skin because she's she's dealt with problem like with uh, with racism and other people in her family have, and and so you read a story and it sounds a lot like something you know about, and you just want to you know yell and scream and freak out. But but you you need to just stop narrating. She says at that point. And just calm down and just go, oh, you know, all right, I have to, I have to read this because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm being fictional here. So uh, I'm not being, I'm, I'm reading the book, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not supposed to get emotional here. You're supposed to react to what I'm reading, right? I'm Such not supposed to work. Yeah. So, and so yeah. she, she just, yeah, she had, has to get past that sometimes. But, uh, that is very difficult. I'm sure that that's way easier said than done because I mean, we do on air and to imagine, you know, having to pace yourself through a conversation because it's not you who's taking center stage, but the, you know, the guest or whoever um, is really, it is much tougher than it feels or seems. Mm -hmm. at first thought uh okay and then for fiction she's all in <laughs> yeah so pretty much say. she 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 just she's all in she she does her best to to make the characters um you know distinct from each other and 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 that kind of thing so you can know who's talking even if there's no uh said so and so you know in the in the text yeah. and that kind of thing um one interesting thing about her she's also a, a director she became a director when she contracted a mysterious autoimmune disease that sort of affected her voice to the point where she couldn't narrate for a oh couple my. of years. And so she became, um, she became a director in 2004 and her, her, her directing style is to basically make sure that the narrator is connecting with the listener and she becomes the listener. And so if she decides they're not connecting, she'll stop them and kind of give them a, some pointers or, um, that kind of thing because because for her it's all about relationship building you want to build a relationship with the with the reader for the time that the book exists hmm. did she find value in directing like it sounds like she did it well but did she particularly enjoy it oh yeah she thought it was great she thought it was like one of the best best things to happen to her even given this disease that was you know, problematic for her. She right. directing gave her a lot of new insight into into how to do her own. You know, when she could narrate again, uh, how to do her own uh, her, her own work, and and she's become a trainer of narrators. She has a school called Voxpertise. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I mean, it's as you said because she's an av avid audiobook listener herself. Um, that probably catered a lot to how she was going to channel this uh, challenge, right, that she was having for a few years and not being able to narrate. So that's pretty amazing that she found her uh, goal in directing. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty cool. Somebody gave her a chance to try it, and she uh, 
she took it and yeah she thought it was great yeah. for you know for a few years and I don't know if she still does it now but she might mm. sometimes but it's the mentorship part of it I think that it's still part of her learning to be able to mentor other people train them through it as well uh, how about her awards She's won quite a few accolades. She's won lots. Um, her first award was uh, in 2002 for Cane River. I think it was an earphones award from Audiophile, which, I mean, they give tons of those away every every month kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a, um, but she's she's won some Audis, some Publishers Weekly Awards, um, and she has uh, been inducted into the Narrators Hall of Fame by Audible in 2017. Um, and she's uh she's been in the best of audio file magazines book lists for many many different years especially the the past year she had a couple on there i think uh yeah so okay she's uh, she's she's certainly well respected in the field and timeline wise she got some of these awards before she lost her voice right yeah i think the uh the cane river was 2002 okay. uh, and she Lost her voice in 2004. Yeah. And then she had and to come then back. thankfully got it back again, which is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Years? Like, years of not being able to read? That's a long time. I think a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. That is a very, very long time for anyone involved with their voice. Like, you oh, know, yeah. that could be career damaging. But, um, like I said, she channeled it in a different way. Okay, so give us the strokes on, like, what she's read, what she's either known for or just to kind of showcase her variety of the books that she's got. Well, in the last few years, she's known for things like uh, the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jemisin. This is urban fantasy. Um, and also The Great Cities by N.K. Jemisin. Again, urban fantasy. Uh, she's read a, a Barracoon by um, Zora Neale Hurston. Um, and I think that had some Creole and other interesting dialects in, so people mm. people were really um, in like amazed by that book over the years. Um, she's read um, a book called Cast by Isabella Wilkerson, and that's about racism in in America and and India. Like it sort of compares the two, and actually says, "Hey, look, there's a caste system in America too." You know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And uh, so she's she's. And she's well known for that kind of stuff, um, and yeah, she uh, just a lot of different, a lot of different uh, genres here and there. I, I first encountered. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna ask your exposure <laughs> to her. I first encountered her actually just this past fall um, in a book by Ian Reid, who's a Canadian horror author, and it's called We Spread. And he writes these really slow burn but short <laughs> horror. Uh, novels they're really atmospheric and and this was about an older woman and who was dealing with something crazy going on in her life and and I think Robin Miles did a great job being that character and and just working working with the novel it was great is there some technique that you particularly enjoyed that she uses I know this means you have to kind of step out of being a listener and critique but was there some technique you enjoyed about her narration I think for me, I like her pausing and her pacing. She she'll go slower, fast as as needed, and she'll she'll put pauses, and you can sort of tell, especially if it's a first person narrative, that the character is is sort of um, maybe not as reliable a narrator as you might think uh, they should be. You can kind of tell there's ambiguities there or things, and just by the pausing, just by the way she pauses, it, it's really cool. Mm. Yeah, I mean, 
you bring to us right like every month somebody to highlight as a narrator and I often think about when you're listening to audiobooks how that feels to take in the narration as a performance because the opposite is to just let them blow you away right let them take you on a ride but um, it's something else completely to be like you know how is this person doing and what are they actually doing well and dissect all that Um, but she seems to do that herself as we've already highlighted with her you know, impressive job with mentorship and uh, the training school. There's something that she says about every word being important. Yeah, she tells her her students that every sentence, every sentence is important. Every word is important. You should never just sort of toss off a sentence like it's nothing, because the author wrote it and and it's going to add to the to the book, whatever kind of book it is. Your your reader should or your listener should never blink, as it were, like mm. as if you're just passing a little tiny town and you blink and you miss it. You know, like it's even that little town is really important, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the note we're going to wrap it up on. Sarah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Sarah Hill is joining us with Know Your Narrator. Every month you can check out an episode that features Know Your Narrator. Sarah Hill is uh, here highlighting some of our favorite narrators, the voices behind our audiobooks, of course. And that wraps our episode for this week, AMI Audiobook Review. You can join us back next week for a fresh new episode with a guest, another avid audiobook listener to come your way. I'm Ramia Amadan, the host of today's show, technical producer Nisreen Abdel-Majid. And until next time, happy audiobook listening. I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.